Lean Cast, Product Innovation and UX Design with Bonanza Design. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to UX Boost Camp. And we have come to the final episode of the year. Wow, what a year. And to end this amazing cycle with a lot of style, we have invited someone very, very special to us to join us today. So joining us here is the CEO and founder of Bonanza Design, Berhard Rapsha. Welcome, Berhard. It's, first of all, I'd like to say thank you uh, for joining us today. We are very, very excited to have you. And let's also say hi to our great co-host, Yarek. Hi, Yarek. How are you? All good. Welcome, everyone. Hi. So, um, so we. This is supposed to be a very easy talk. We want to get to know you first, Vered. We want to get to know about you and uh, how did you become the CEO of Bonanza Design? Uh, so, let's start with a little question: Who did you want to be when you were young? Who inspired you? Uh, who inspired me? Mm. Like, how young are we talking about? I mean, I um, think something like a school seven to ten years old, maybe. Uh-huh. Then I mean, you can you can split it up. So let's start if with want, seven yeah. to ten, and then go <laughs> before the starting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. So I think yeah, I think Maradona was really inspiring for me. Like, nice. you know, I came from that warm region, you know, it's very warm where I grew up and went to Tehran. So I, I, I was going, I was born in the southwest of Iran, uh, 50 degree in summer at my age, 20 years ago. So uh, I think it's now around 60 or something. And then I moved into Tehran, and I was very into football. So Pele, Maradona, um, that those were the idols of that time. We didn't have Ronaldo and Messi, so it was Pele, yeah. Maradona, <laughs> and then we've got yeah. Um, so I was really into football, and yeah, still obsessed. So at, at the at the age that you mentioned, you're, and uh, I wasn't into design at all, to be honest. At that time, I was not, yeah, just football, games, a bit games, yeah, um, yeah. So like before your studying started, uh, who did you want to become then? Has changed? So like because. As on on your child childhood, it was like a probably a football player, but when you're like, yeah, before studying, before you right became before, a designer, yeah. did you want to be a designer? Who did you want? No, that's not not at all. I didn't. I did not want to become a de- design. I did not know the role of design. Like you know, I was one of those latecomers. Uh, I didn't have a proper education till till. When I got to university, I didn't educate myself properly. You know, um, I, I, I didn't have so much things around me, to be honest. Um, and, you know, my parents did their best to grow me, like, 
to teach me and raise me. But like you know, it's, every family is not fortunate to have like you know parents with enough time to spend time with the kids. You know, so I started becoming aware of design in in high school, late high school. But before then, it was completely um, blank, to be honest, like my relationship with design. And I used, I, 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 when I was very young, I really wanted to become a um, pilot, very typical. Um, so that was, that, that had a bit of a sort of like a, yeah, it was in my mind for a while. Hey, I want to become a pilot. That would be cool. But switch back to become a football player really quickly. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, so because the, the, happens to every kid. We yeah. switch every year. Yeah. No, but uh, be, becoming a football player, player was a very constant obsession of mine to the age of 13, 14, really. It, it was it was obsession. I mean, that's like really important thing to mention because I think that will resonate across our, our audience and especially with young people because yeah. I don't think that are that many people when they go to the university, they already know that they want to do, be a designer. Most of them are just like an architect or like a front-end developers, even football players. Uh, but like so trying to figure out exactly it's something that you realize that you wanted to do and it's not like properly ed educated even now in high school yep. that this kind of a thing exists which yeah. is exactly. pretty cool to hear yeah yeah no it was it was my life like i mean I, I wasn't really brought up in a in a luxurious environment that i could think and like explore things i, I didn't have i didn't attend classes like kids these days i mean my cousin is doing piano and singing and, you know, good. It's fantastic. Beautiful yeah. to see that kids now get, get to explore at such early ages. But for me, none, nothing. We were just like out and about um, mm -hmm. um, on the streets till like as long as our parents allowed us. And that was it. That, that was a really... My intellectual curiosity began in late high school and university. I did a mechanical engineering and I did study none. Okay. Just the last, <laughs> last few days. Like everyone was really like in my, in my, in the entire engineering department. You, when you talk about Beirut, they were like, this guy is gone. <laughs> this we don't we don't know what's going to happen to him. I don't think there's a future for him. Uh, and you know, so I was always on what the not these fail right because we we have a different grading system. But I was always at the border, like I would just study enough to get a pass. So so no one like all these engineer obsessed friends of mine. They were like had a, a respectable distance from me, the school, because all I did not study. So uh, <laughs> I watched 
a ridiculous amount of movies. A ridiculous <laughs> amount of movies. Like, ridiculous. Sometimes I would watch four movies in one day. Like, oh, very, very, mind you, I study mechanical engineering, the, the toughest of all. Like, mechanical engineering mm. is the core of all engineering. Right? Um, so, you didn't want to leave it to the last days. Really, like, my last days of before school, before exam was uh, with a close friends, group of friends, you would sit and, and read 100 pages, like three days, four days of maximum locked in, like nothing else, right? I don't recommend it to anyone. Don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so, but honestly, like that's how it is. <laughs> I was always studying. like this as well. Yeah, I, I, most I, of the people I, do it. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I know, but you know, it's, it's. There is no. If you really become, want to become a, I don't know, mechanical engineering, and you need a good grades. You need it yeah. to learn. You need to have like to think about these things. I was, I was obsessed with movies. I was obsessed with music, like obsessed, like, um, I, so my, my, my university was three hours away from capital Tehran, right? And I managed my courses in a way that would be in, in the other city, Semnan, it's called the city I studied for maximum three days. And my, my parents always think I'm there, but I always back in Tehran doing other <laughs> things. So I, I really, I, everyone, friends of mine that told me, we really didn't know how you pass things, pass this exam. So I would just go in there and miraculously get enough grades because mind you, mechanical engineering, formulas you need to understand three days maximum on one course and i wasn't the brightest student too like no i wasn't i'm not trying to paint myself as a genius i'm not i'm <laughs> very i'm smart enough to to know that i'm not uh, but i really didn't want to spend time as well so everyone in the school they were like this guy is we don't know who is this guy we don't know why he is here but I would just show up for the exams and like two, three days maximum per week. So that was my four years of three years of school. At that time, I started developing ideas and like get to my creative side. So, and I didn't know how to paint. I didn't know how to sing. So I was like surrounded by a lot of creatives that doing something really specific. But I was one of those guys that no one knew in any circle that I was, no one knew what I exactly can do. Like, so who are you? Like, what are you doing? Like, can you sing? Was, no. Can you play? No. Can you I, I was a bit of a good writer. So I was, I was writing. Right? I was, I was really like, I had, when I had a blog, I had two blogs at that time. And my, it was actually one of, some of them, each of them was very famous. Like each, whenever I would write a post, it would get over like 500 likes. Right. So I was really into 
digital landscape early on, I was very obsessed with the internet, really obsessed, like obsessed, obsessed. Like I would sleep through the days and all up all night doing things online. The internet at, at the end, earliest stages of internet, I picked it up. So this is fascinating. And, um, so I think that's, that's somehow led into that sort of build the foundation that, uh, that led to Bonanza design. You know, all this, all this social media marketing that you're seeing. Um, and I think based on what I'm seeing on LinkedIn and other places, we're doing a pretty good job. Yeah. Um, um, we, you know, I was practicing this while I was skipping school <laughs> and not learning mechanical engineering. So pretty obsessed with the internet, pretty obsessed with movies and music. And then I started, I started, I started like having, I don't know if you know about the RSS technology. Maybe was, I, can, I don't. I, you need to remind me. So RSS was a pretty cool technology long time ago in, introduced. And that was a technology that you could subscribe to a blog or website and get the latest article right on your app. This is so embedded right now that it's not... No one talks about it, but at that, our age, because we wanted a way to follow up with our, the news outlet and, or website and blogs that we wanted to follow. So it allowed us, we would go on the blog and press on the button, subscribe to it, and we would get the newest content in our feed. There was apps, RSS readers. So at that like time, for your yeah, mobile. It was like one, Facebook feed right now, but like you had to go select it, right? Oh, so, yeah. so no one would get into your feed like now. No one had you curate your feed your own uh, yourself, which was very valuable. Like, mm -hmm. right? Um, and uh, so then I started subscribing to all this like design related stuff, like architecture. Um, a lot of architecture, obsessed with architecture, uh, photos. Um, at that point, I got really obsessed. Uh, design, like object designs, I really got obsessed. Bags. So then at that point, started developing. Like those four years of school, university was a space for me to catch up, really, really to catch up. You know, and again, it's so important for, for, for kids to have um to have guides around them like sometimes parents are busy really like the future the reality of so many families is not like they have time like if they if they can make ends meet that's it right so it's really important to have guy like cousins or like anyone else in the family that's some sort of like direct and relatives to sort of like feed kids with with ideas right um so in in those four years of school i was basically catching up to be honest then i was like oh i can do this i can do this i can do this right um then uh, the neurons started shooting 
oh wow cool this that 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 and then slowly i was gravitating towards design i was like yeah cool to do this it would be cool to do this yeah so it was a really long journey for me yeah okay and uh, i wanted to ask about your job before or did you have any <clears throat> sorry did you have any job before the design so have you worked as a mechanical engineer of some sort or any different never ones? no never i went to a mechanical engineering internship because i was forced to <laughs> second day or no second week i i always great at negotiating uh arrived at the agreement with my boss that it was a three months it was like you know what i really cannot do this and he knew it he knew my type oh he didn't knew he did, he didn't have an understanding it was like i don't think this is not your place you come here headphone on eight hours a day and listen to music this is not your place and i uh told him uh okay you spare me with with these three months so i do my I can do whatever I want. I give you tons of music and films. So with that agreement, I managed to get out of that painful internship. That's a cool, cool intern one. Yeah. And really nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's what I did. I was always bribing because I was, I had a really like a big library of movies and music. So that was my leverage. That was my uh, Back credit. then, there was no streaming, no Netflix, no... no... Everything was torrent. Yeah. Neuron. Um, you know, that was the only way. Like, you know, we were con continuously disconnected from everything else. Like, we were not part of the... We are still not part of global economy. So, anyway, so I was the 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 one that who discovered new things. And... Uh, Yeah. Yeah, I was the discoverer. So I would discover new music, movies, and spread it to friends. And uh, um, yeah, so that was my bribe. My first job ever was a cafe that we founded with two other friends. That was my first job. Yeah, that was my first. Yeah, it was, again, in the entrepreneurship field. I didn't know I was on top. I didn't know even the, about the word, but we were really into, um, yeah, gathering and bringing people together and we would keep talking about it. And then one time my friend, so we, I, um, a friend of mine who also passed away. Um, so yeah, so we, we kept talking about it. It would be cool to have our own place. We went, visit a couple of different places and then all of a sudden he called me and said i found a place let's do it i i told him i don't have any money i'm broke i was a broke guy i didn't have anything and it was like no worries you come here you sort of like try to manage the situation I was like okay because he was working and there was another guy and there was like four of us so we started doing this cafe it was cafe chi CHI and it was completely bootstrapped 
and we were profitable from the first month. We were actually didn't know how to handle the whole situation because it was like, mind you, this was this was two thousand nine. 10, right? This was a business that its traffic completely driven uh, from our online reputation. So we we just created a wave and trend on Facebook. That was the Facebook. That was the shit yeah. at that time. Yeah. And and we just created a whole movement around it. Like in within. So I had a big network. My friends had a big network. We had a lot of friends around us. And, and within, within few days, we got, we got about 2000 likes on Facebook. So it was completely a business, physical business. Um, yeah, driven by online. Very like very modern advertisement and marketing early on in 2009. So um, I got to taste how you can scale and grow a business online early on using a combination of um, online networks and you know real networks, and that was a very mind blowing experience to be honest. I was like my last months of of being Iran, so um, I got to see how a business could explode purely from organic traffic online. Physical business, not an online business. A physical cafe that you had to be there got exploded. Mm -hmm. Like from the day, from the month, first month, we had supply issue because we had so many demands. And yeah, it was it was crazy. Um, yeah, that's nice. And I I know uh, from other episodes, and I mean I know you. Uh, so you moved to Sweden to do your masters. How mm. that impacted your life uh, in your your path towards design? Did get did that get you closer to it? Um, Hmm. Uh, how what 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 impact did it have you on your future yeah i think that 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 was when that i got to terms that i needed to get to know design business management innovation uh, our course was two it was a two year program we didn't have any course book none we just had mm-hmm. um courses and projects so completely driven by partners, these this courses. So I got to work with Volvo several times, at least twice uh, on different projects, a couple of local factories and a municipality of that region in Sweden. So we did a lot, a lot of design thinking, um, workshops, Ideation, stickies, whiteboards, making videos, making presentations. So it was a lot of um, innovation projects. So 
that sort of like build the foundation of how and I wasn't great at it by by any means to be honest. Like, you know, um my creative side has been in development, had been in development for only a few years. So I got to Sweden really fresh. And beside the cultural shock and and also the the force that I had to speak English for the first time instead of um, so that side um, the entire program and and it was so there was. We were the sister program of another program that was about sustainable leadership and sustainability. That was the first program. And then we were the, we were the sister program, which was sustainable design. Right. So I got to learn about sustainability and sustainable design and new ways of designing and developing products and services, how we can create closer loop that we reduce our waste da, 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 early on so it was pretty mind-blowing um, really cool a lot of cool ideas uh, a lot of thinking two years of massive immersion i had to look at my english better and then started like reading and thinking so um it was basically the beginning of uh, me thinking about design more seriously and then in the second year, I had to do a master and and my thesis, I didn't know, I was still doing it, so I didn't know what to pick. And I was very fascinated about online environment. So I did I did a thesis around crowdsourcing in design, how you can use crowd online to do design. So that was really my my first introduction to the online environment from the standpoint of design. How you what is what is web? How you can do design? So I had to go to school. Basically, it was a five five month thesis. I learned. I tried to learn a lot about yeah. web, different ways of uh, collaboration, different ways of leveraging design tools that are available. So and. Uh, so that was the beginning of my long journey that ended up to Bonanza Design. And I think my second ever job was I took a, uh, the, I designed our um, program website. So they wanted, they wanted a landing page and I worked with another person to design the design the hierarchy and what we want to have over there. Um, so yeah, that was my second job. So basically from the second year of my, my master, I changed my focus and really um, get obsessed, get locked in and just try to see, okay, what is this web design? What is this UX? What is this like? Yeah. All, all these new terms that there were popping up at that time. Okay. And about, so 
right now we're in Sweden and uh, you, as we all know, are live, live in Berlin. So the question is, what was the motivation of moving here? And like, what was the plan? So you just arrived here and then like, okay, then I need to figure out how to get my flat or something. What to do? <laughs> what do I do now? So, you, you know, um, a lot of groundbreaking innovation throughout the history of humanity resulted not from foresight, not from planning, not from designing, but actually they were resulted from pure survival. How can I get by? How can I see tomorrow? Same thing for me. I was a broke student. I wasn't, I, I didn't have a fantastic life in Sweden too. I was very broke. I, I, I would get by by 400 euros per, per, per month. Didn't have so much money. Um, I never had so much money in my life. So I had like 700 euros in my pocket, literally. And six months visa left. Sweden wanted me to go back. They didn't have any one year. Because usually when you do a program out, uh, when you study outside, abroad, and then they give you one year working visa. So you can find mm -hmm. something. Not That was not the case in Sweden. And I think it was very short-sighted because you would bring in people here, educate them, and then you ask them to go back home. Mm. Hey, um, Doesn't need so, to make sense. No, it didn't even make sense. And they changed it later on. Um, so what happened was I had 700 euros in my pocket, six months with left. And I was like, you know what? I can go back home anytime. But I got six months with the left. Let's just go somewhere else. And um, I didn't have so much options on my plate, to be honest. Um, it was between Copenhagen, Stockholm, Berlin, Amsterdam, these are the cities I knew and I couldn't afford none of them, but only Berlin, just, just Berlin, but everyone's like, come to Berlin, it's poor, but sexy, come, it's fun, everyone's having fun time here. I was like, oh, I like to have, have fun, let's go to Berlin then. So that's what happened. I went to Berlin and, and one thing led to another, I just got got stuck. Hmm. So yeah. I imagine that in Berlin, you because I wanted to, it's interesting for me, uh, how did you find your first job? Because back then, like, there wasn't that many uh, websites or like things that you can apply or send a CV or even create some sort of a portfolio to find something. So what how did it look like? Back then, it was a lot easier for UX designers and designers, web designers, mm. than now. A lot easier. You would get a lot more jobs. There was not enough supply. There was not enough supply. There was not enough educated. Yeah. There was not enough tools, so to speak. First of all, if you wanted to do what you're doing right now, for example, you are a design, UX design, you first needed to find 
do research. There was not enough article for, around it for too. So whoever that could find the good tools, and by tools, I mean we had Photoshop, Illustrator, and I was using, a, I couldn't really afford none of them. I was using an open source vector. I, do, I forgot the name of it. Um, so there were like a handful, like two, three. Um, a sketch came around, if I'm not mistaken, 2014 or 15. Um, not sure. That So if you could find a good tool that you could use to design website, and by that time predominantly was Adobe Photoshop, you could get a job easily. That was it. They, they were not thinking about how good you can design a website. They were like, can you design a website? <laughs> okay, that's interesting. <laughs> right. That was, can, that was can you, not how. Uh, how good are you? Okay. Now we got to the point where where we think more about the perfection of it and how useful it's going to be and, you know, is it going to really help my business? Is it going to really grow my business? Back then, they, the most businesses didn't even have a website or even thought about having an application. It was just uh, they, they needed to get it done. So... It was just very early stages. You back, know, then, like... back then, as a UX researcher, you could not get a job. Mm. It was There was no recognition either. Right now, you got like senior, the lead UX researchers, they get about 80K. It was laughable. It was like, why do we need research? Can you do website? All right. So... Building things like the foundation was more important than optimizing and building. Like building a thing, a thing mm -hmm. was more important than building the right thing. Because mm -hmm. we didn't know how to build it. Yeah. So. Yeah. I think uh, I wanted to ask you, um, as a standpoint of, I'm also an immigrant. I also come from another country and it's really hard to establish ourselves in this unknown and especially you in case of like being an entrepreneur and starting from the ground was what was the most difficult moment you've lived throughout your your story and in this whole entrepreneur uh journey loneliness yeah yeah i was very yeah. lonely i was didn't have my family around me didn't have friends. Yeah. No, I had friends, but like it's really different different from your your school friends, your university friends are different from people you meet now. Because mm -hmm. you had you had an environment that you could get to know them with time. When you're yeah. when you're coming to emigrate or immigrate to a new country and you meet someone at work, you don't have an environment to get to know them, it's just work. Right, mm -hmm. so it's difficult to to make friends, especially yeah. later on. So I was very lonely. Uh, just even I, even even though I was in Berlin and was, I could really like. I think a good two years of, of my Berlin time, I drowned myself in parties, literally drowned myself. So I would get out on Friday, back if on Monday. Right, 
but I was very lonely, right? So yeah. I had to really, I think the psychological aspect of immigration is much more difficult to navigate and handle than anything else. Like, like, yeah. like eating, uh, eating a can, I can do it. Yeah. You know, just eating, eating a 90 cents kebab, I can do it every day. It's not, you know, this, like, you know, we, we live in a society that hunger doesn't mean anymore because there is, there is no such thing as hunger. You can always get something, right? It's great. It's abundance, right? But again, that's manageable in this society. If we go mm -hmm. back to 2000 years ago, hunger would, would have been, uh, a big problem, like finding food. Finding food is not a problem for us. I think the psychological aspects of is are are becoming more and more important. Yeah, I can say for experience that I agree completely. Loneliness was the worst part of the whole journey for me as well. Mm -hmm. You know, food is fine. Work, I can do anything. I can clean floors. I can clean bathrooms. I don't mind, but Going through all of that alone, that's hard. That's really hard. Mm. Um, okay. Um, now moving to a more happy <laughs> subject, maybe, uh, without loneliness. Um, so we wanted to know if or if or if and you can uh, share with us any interesting or even funny stories during your career so did you have like met some or have any situations that you can share with us that are like what the hell just happened there oh yeah i can i can say a couple of stories but i think some of is more relevant to younger, younger designers and future entrepreneurs are you know i've i can talk a lot about couple of stories happened to me during my entrepreneurship path in Berlin startup scene. But I think one thing I can say, I think sort of like was funny that, so I co-founded uh, Grover.com. It's a unicorn uh, startup now. It's, it's basically lending technology. So we were working, I met Michel Cassel in a, in a meetup and then so it was a co-found meetup, right? So I was going around and talking to different people. That was the way, one of the ways you could get to meet with co-founders. And there was this like crazy dude running around talking loud. No one like wants to talk to him. People would talk to him and after a few minutes, was like, he's crazy. I was like, I, I really want to talk to that guy. Um, so, so. Uh, we just hit, hit it off because we were like so, so of the same DNA, crazy dudes, uh, b uh, impossible is nothing type of dude. Like, hey, I want to do this. And I was like, oh, wow, you want to basically change the way people consume? I mean, let's do it. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, because like, you know, there is, there's, there's a lot of advantage of like, you know, renting t things instead of, instead of, uh, buying things because you gotta you gotta know that you live in a in a in a in a capitalistic world and the the dna of a of a capitalistic economy is 
production, 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 consumption, consumption, consumption. If you have a phone for 10 years, um, that's bad for the system. You need to recycle your phone every two, three years or every year. So in this environment that you have to always recycle stuff, why don't you forget ownership? Because ownership comes with a cost. You have to maintain it. Have to find people to sell it to, it and you can buy. You should buy new things. It's a lengthy process. So we wanted to sort of introducing introducing a renting model or pay as you go model. Crazy at the time. I'm talking about 2015. There's a lot of models popping up. It was it's common in in the USA, but it it wasn't common at all in the Europe. And the way we wanted to do it, it was like subscription based, right? Six months, three months. Um. So we started working on this, and uh, so he sort of like bootstrapped the, the um, bootstrapped the business by his own uh, investment, which is very um, daring task to be honest. Um, pouring in thousands, hundred thousands euros in this, this is very very uh, finance consuming business too, because you have to buy this stuff and you have to basically buy an iPhone. For 900 euros and we send it to you and you pay 50 euro per month. So we are at your mercy to return this stuff to us. So, um, so we were working really hard for, for months to get this thing off the ground and a couple like crazy ideas about marketing. Da, 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 da. So, so we were doing all of these, but I think, so we launched the website, we launched the shop. It was one of the, yeah. Anyways, let me, that's I'm avoiding a lot of different Pandora boxes uh, to get to the core of the story. So uh, then we did some PR, and uh, I think our, our article published on Web3. I don't know if no, not Web3. There's a there's a famous website uh, in Germany um, that talks about gadgets and, and this type, kind of things, and they they said yes, there is. And at that time, our the name was not. Grover, it was say bye-bye. Buy with B-Y-E and buy with B-U-Y. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the article was saying that there is a startup from Berlin that allows you to rent iPhone and Apple products. And so we, but by that time, at that time, we were like working in a co-working space. And with a bunch of other startups, and everyone was complaining about us because me and him and our CTO founders, uh, me and him especially, going back and forth, being loud and talking and being like, no one knew why, how we were working together, but we were working together like super energetic. Every day was like a wow, was 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 a new day. And then, so the article got out, and the day after, not the day after, like in a day after, we got about over 100 orders. Crazy. It got about over 100 orders. And, and then, and we saw, wow, this is real. People want this. So we bought all these products. So in, in a week, the entire co-working space was packed with Apple products. <laughs> like 
everyone's like, get these guys out of this co-working space. They're driving us nuts. They're loud. They fill up the inter- like people like literally working, and then there was an apple port because there was no space in the co-working space. So we had to like you know just put it everywhere. It was like you would walk around and was oh there's a there's a MacBook here, there's an iPhone here. <laughs> they touch it, just like boxes of Apple products. Everyone wanted Apple. No one else wanted anything else. It was crazy, and then we had to like wrap around all of these things. Wow. And then you send it, like you send a thousand euro product to someone with a loose agreement. Anyways, I don't want to get into that, but like that was a very fun moment of, of seeing that wow. some, something is working, something working at a huge scale. Yeah. <laughs> it's exciting as well. That's... I imagine like the excitement. Wow, this is working. Finally, what we did is working. But at the same time, wow, this is working. We need to buy 100 iPhones. <laughs> The logistics oh and, and logistics of that business was a nightmare. A I nightmare. cannot imagine that. A nightmare. And so after the the Groover, well because you like you were like the co founder initially initially. So no, what was disclaimer, I was part of the founding team. Okay. And I had yeah. a good good amount of share. Um, you know, that's another topic. I didn't really, I wasn't, I wasn't educated enough to, to negotiate better terms. I had a good term, but you know, if, if you want to become a co-founder, you either need to spend money, you know, put, bring in money or uh, spend time, right? So I spent time by my, by definition, I was a co-founder, but I didn't have the title. At good amount of share. I just want to disclaimer because if Michel listening to this, uh, we get we get the terms right. Um, but by by the book, I was a co-founder. By the title, I was given to. I was not. Just make sure I'm, mm-hmm. I'm clear about this. Yeah. Okay, got it. And so afterwards, after like the Groover exploded initially, basically. What was yeah. your like next steps? So are you just left because you wanted to create something new? Because or? of several reasons. Um, I was I, I was working 70, 80 hours a week, really, 70 hours for 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 not one week, like many months. So I hate the burning point. Because, and um, and and then you know we went from working a three people team working in a co-working space and having fun to to 30 people and within two three months really like the growth was cool so crazy like you just like too much to handle burnout um and then michelle and i we were not on point with certain ways of like pushing the business forward and then you know, again, being like I went from again, I was too early in everything. So I went from being a designer to being a co-founder of a unicorn startup, not educated enough, not having supporting around me, not having mentors. So I just got out, to be honest. 
And you have a cliff usually, like you have to stay a certain amount of time in a startup to be able to get anything from it. So I, I got out early and um, yeah, for for six months, I didn't do anything to be honest. Um, and I would I remember I would just sit for hours and read dictionary. That was my thing. Um, yeah, and then after six months, I got the drive, and again, I got my drive again to to do business and make money, and started doing freelancing a bit and trying different ideas. Um, one of them, yeah, tried different ideas for my own things to see if I can push it, and um, didn't happen. Then I joined another startup as as part of the founding team. So Kenjo K-E-N-J-O dot I-O is a SAF recruiting startup application. So I, I was with them for a year or so and uh, I designed the foundation of their business of their application, which is still the same, surprisingly after this amount of time, which I'm very proud of. Um and it's a, it's a big business now, and the application is being used by many, many startups and businesses. I'm really happy about that that product. It's a product that's being used, and I can see that how a design could move businesses forward. So that was like my, at that point with Kenjo, I was like, I really want to, um, my design to help businesses move forward, right? Um, I was really trying to become great become great in my craft that was that was the beginning of it but me being bearded i get bored i usually get bored e- easily right um maximum i stayed in business was grover which was my own business and it was for two years or something right um it wasn't my business uh, but i had to found it right so um so after after a year at uh, Kenjo, um, I was getting bored of it, and I knew it was happening to me. And but it was at the time that I got my resident permit in Germany, it means that I could stay here forever. So it was like a hit me really relaxed, and sort of like switched gear from being so like surviving to actually living, residing. And then I was like, okay, I got this piece of paper. Um, told my boss I'm quitting, book a ticket to India for two months. So got went to India for two months and disappeared there and did a lot of different things. I came back and started uh, um, freelancing and consulting. So um, that was 2018, uh, April. No, uh, May, April. So I get I got back from India and I started freelancing and designing. Um, and I have been busy ever since. Um, then, you know, then working and working, and I see that, oh, actually, I can, I'm, I'm making money. Mm, that's cool. And I, you know, I think 2018 was okay year. I don't know how much I made. It was all right. It was decent. And, and then 2019, I was like, oh, already in the first few months, I'm making more money. Ah, all right. Then I was started thinking about improving my processes, doing various services, 
And again, you know, all the things I've done early on, those blogging and blogging ages and how I scale my first cafe, the cafe, the first business purely from online. I knew that I have to be online and really like need to put my message out. People get to know me. So I was really obsessed with content marketing. And, uh, yeah, I keep, keep going at it, keep pushing more. Like, you know, I was a freelancer. I didn't have to, I was just like making enough money. I didn't have to do free content marketing. I didn't have to market myself. I did. And the more I put into it, the more I was just, you know, seeing it in terms of signal, in terms of increased revenue. And I was, oh, that's really cool. I, I was getting more excited. And but mind you, the last thing I wanted to do at that time is to get back to entrepreneurship again. Again, it was like enough of this, to be honest. I'm done. I really don't want to do it again. Um, but, but it was like, oh, okay. I like the game of it. I like, I'm, I'm an entrepreneur. I like the game of entrepreneurship and I like it when, when entrepreneurship is, is, is on the right, an entrepreneurship activity is on the right path and the right path is customer success, projects down, for example, plus revenue, revenue increased. Um, so yeah, uh, just keep doing it, keep doing it. And it was like, oh, the more I'm doing it, the more I'm marketing myself, the more it's, the bigger it gets, all right, let me think of myself as a business. Can I think of myself as a business? And that was the beginning of um, Bonanza Design. Really cool. Um, I, I have a question, and I think it's it's nice. Uh, like, if you had to give a an advice for the young Barrett, what would that advice be? Um, like how young? Like, are we talking about twenty years old? Um, Seven? <laughs> no, not 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 that young. But let's say, uh, like, young, like twenty. You know, 20. like uh, eighteen, twenty years old. What just would you say? starting. Uh, just starting at to like university example, and starting to think about the future. What advice? I would just say, um, uh, because like, you know, the, the way I did it, what that's, that's the, I think it was, a, it was one of the best ways I could do it. So I, I didn't, I don't want to give him too much advice. So it changes his mind. Mm-hmm. Um, I might have, might have picked computer science than engineering. I actually, I was really good with coding too. Mm-hmm. Um, at that time, I was I'm a, I I did code my interface for two years as well. So, um, that's something I didn't talk about a lot. But I I used to I can I could mess around with HTML, CSS, JavaScript pretty good. Um, so I would I would have picked up computer science. That's the first thing. And second thing, of course, is like relax. Um, yeah, take it easy. Yeah. Yeah. And also, I have another question. Um, what do you think is the future of UX? What do you think UX is going from now to like 10, 20 years? Uh, where do you see this business, like this industry go- going towards, you know? 
Yeah, I think I think um, less and less we are we are seeing interface-less application. Means like in design is becoming is is getting closer to its utopian dream of being invisible, right? Um, and we see it with AI, we see it with voice, we see it with um, you know being drowned in virtual reality, and you have to just interact with things, right? So it's less of a interface as you see it, more like a interaction. So you need to design interaction and experiences. So you are like, as a UX designer, you're getting closer to just focusing on the experience than anything else. So more and more, your role as a UX designer become about understanding the context and designing for the context rather than designing for the, the frame. You're, you're forced to look into the context that is being shown in the frame. So content designs, that's why like we see a lot of companies hiring content designers. It's, it, it was laughable in 2010. I'm designing content. How good for you. Uh, so you are right. They, they would ask you, then you are a writer. No, I'm designing content and experience. What? Get out of here. Right, so um, the more and more you're designing for what's being shown in the frame, yeah. right? And then at some point the frame will go away, right? So you're just designing that context. So understanding the context, designing the context is storytelling, being able to research, um, finding quick ways. Like, you know, designing the application websites is not important as much as being able to quickly prototype them. So when you when you think about quickly prototyping rather than designing, then you look around and you see a slew of different tools out there that allow you to quickly prototype rather than designing. So um, de-emphasizing of the role of interface design and emphasizing the role of storytelling, understanding people's needs, context, and um, Designing for for better, so basically, UX designers are going to become the um, their the role will be about designing experiences that improve people's life. So I feel better than yesterday. Yeah, I think um, that's yeah. a really good thing to wrap it up. It's, yeah, it's a really nice summary of all of the things. Yeah, um, um, I think uh, to 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 finalize it, uh, like to our audience, uh, to anyone that wants to become a successful entrepreneur or successful in in creating a business or even they're starting their their alone their alone journey towards like freelancing and all that. What uh, what can you say to them? You know, um, you're basically taking the um, blue pill. The blue pill takes you out of the matrix. You're basically mm -hmm. trying to get out of the matrix. And there is a matrix, whether you want to believe in it or not. And we need a matrix to keep, you know, otherwise pure chaos. We Not, not everyone can handle pure chaos. Um, so... 
freedom is ultimate creativity. Free, financial freedom, creative freedom is the ultimate aim for creatives. Where you have a set of financial streams that you can rely upon that doesn't oblige you to work for, for people that you don't like. Right? So that's, that's financial freedom. And creative freedom is, um, you have freedom to express your ideas the way you want it. Not everyone has it. There's a lot of organization has this waterfall approach that, Hey, we want to design this game. And this is the future you should be working on. Why? You are not getting paid to ask why. You are getting paid to do it. You don't have the creative freedom. So the combination of creative freedom and financial freedom gets you out of the matrix. Mm -hmm. and, and this freedom doesn't come easily. It comes with a lot of um, sacrifices. And sacrificing is... Um, Necessary is part of human, part of our life, is a core archetype of human living. You have to make sacrifices. So, yeah. um, you need to prepare to make sacrifices to get the freedom that ultimately in that state of mind, you can be the best version of yourself. Yeah. Well, that was enlightening and that was really cool, a really nice conversation. And the best way we could have to end this great year and full of excitement and news for all of us. Um, and we're very happy to to have you here, uh, Barrett, with us to talk a little bit more about your story, your great story, and, and help all these young designers uh, somehow to achieve their goals and their dreams. And that's what, why we do this. That's, I think that's the goal. Uh, we want to help. I think uh, we've said that before is like, if we help designers to get better, we help design to get better mm -hmm. at, at the end of the day. Um, so uh, thank you for joining us. It was great. Also, thank, I would like to thank you both as well to uh, starting this UX Boost Camp. It's becoming of uh, a very great show for UX designers, uh, up and coming UX designers. So thanks a lot for doing this. It's a completely uh, organic movement yeah. within our team and company, which I'm really happy to see that it's growing. Um, thanks a lot. Well, um, thank you, Yarek, for joining again. As well, as always, here with me, helping Thanks. me. Yeah, really cool conversation. And uh, to our audience, stay tuned because in 2023, we are back with many, many more exciting and very new. We are opening other Pandora boxes in 2023. So stay tuned and we'll be back in January. So uh, we'll see you then. Bye, guys. Ciao. Bye.